0: Today we are in the second week of our sermon series called You Are Here and this is a vision series kind of for us to to help you uh, individually and us collectively as a church find out where you and I are and where we need to be or where we want to be spiritually and today we are talking about spiritual gifts. We're we're talking about how the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, gives us gifts uh, to be able to do things that we wouldn't normally be able to do naturally. And I'm excited about this topic. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Would you want to be able to fly? Uh, Would you want to have you know, superhuman power. You know that, you know, for me, like the Hulk is the guy that I want to be. Like his, his superpowers are my favorite. Uh, But maybe you're here, you're like, you want to do x-ray vision. And if that's you, I'm sorry, but that's just a little bit creepy <laughs> to want to have x-ray vision. Uh, but hey, Maybe we don't all have these superpowers in a sense like 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 they do uh, in in fiction and, and and the movies, but I'm here to tell you that we all do have somewhat of a so- superpower. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that His Spirit comes to dwell in us and empowers us to go and do things that we were uh, not normally able to do. And we're gonna got- talk about the reasons. Why he did that, and what they're for, and what some of these gifts are for, Um, but this kind of falls into the section, if you were here last week, we talked about what a full circle pursuit of God is, and we talk about we start a relationship by trusting in Jesus, and then you move on to now learn to live a life that honors God. What does the Bible say in it? How do I follow it? What do I, how do I grow from it? And and one of the w- things we learn in the Bible is about the, the, the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell in believers. And we see great, amazing stories of how the Holy Spirit empowered the first Christians c- to go do great and wonderful things. And we're going to talk about a few of those and what that means, And and I believe that, oftentimes people miss out on this whole topic. Uh, Sometimes they call the Holy Spirit the forgotten God because sometimes people forget to talk about that he is the one empowering us to do some of the things that we can even do in the first place. He is the one working in and through the world, convicting the world of the sin, and and people are missing out sometimes on his power. Uh, and, and, And sometimes we think that Christianity is all about uh, what happens at the end of our life? you know we we die, and if we've we 've become a Christian, we go to heaven and be with god and that is certainly probably the most important thing about our faith about salvation that is the imp- most important thing, but I want you to understand when Jesus said, "I want to give you eternal life that means and you are given eternal life that means you you have a new life, eternal life it starts now here on earth. It's not something that happens when you die at the end of your life, but you start a new life right now. This new trajectory happens when you become a believer and you can experience God's goodness and his favor and his mercy and his love and his power and his transformation here now. And that's why I think a lot of Christians are missing out because they don't quite understand this this whole part of the spiritual gifts and what are they used for and uh, how do we get involved and participate and use them and, and find our purpose? And, and, but maybe you're here today and you haven't done that first part yet, trusting in Jesus. And I just hope that today will give you some hope and maybe help you to be excited that if you're thinking about or if you're being moved by God's Holy Spirit to make that decision to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, that that also means you have a transformation waiting for you Now. It can happen now in your life, and you can, you can experience a wonderful life with God here on earth. But today, I want to help us all find out, what is your gift? And so to do that, we're going we're to gonna kind of go verse by verse in First Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to follow along in your Bibles or your Bible apps. We always have free Bibles, by the way, back at the welcome table, if you, you want to grab one. But we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 But before I jump into the verses, I want to give us a working definition of what a spiritual gift is. And so we think that a spiritual gift is a God-given ability or a God-enhanced ability you receive to serve him and his people. Okay, so if we keep this as our working definition, we derive this idea from the Bible that it's given by God and that it's used to serve him and his people. And I want to take a first look at uh, how amazing it is to even receive a spiritual gift. And so my first point is this, God has given you a unique gift. What does that do for you? That God uniquely picked you and gave you something that maybe not everybody else has, like, I hope that helps you to feel uh, thought, uh, that, like he was very thoughtful and, and that you have a meaning and a purpose and that you are loved by him. Maybe you've received a gift before, um, Christmas or birthdays or Valentine's Day. And by the way, guys, I'm here to remind you, this is probably the only, this is the last week that I can remind you that Valentine's Day is coming up. So you've been warned, no excuses. But maybe maybe you've received a gift and 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 it was meaningful, right? It it didn't have to be worth so much money, but but the person giving it knew that it would be very meaningful to you and it was perfect for you. My wife, if you've ever received a gift from my wife, she's very good at doing all kinds of research on what would be good for this person's personality. And, and although we don't spend a lot of money on gifts, she, she spends a lot of time on, on picking practical gifts or good gifts that just fit a person's, a person's personality and, and how they're wired and so the same thing is with God, is that he, even better than any person could give a gift, God gives us these gifts that are made perfectly for us. And I hope that makes you feel like, that, like you, are, you are meaningful to him and that he is thoughtful towards you. And so as we uh, look more into this idea of spiritual gifts, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read the first Uh, well, verses four through six here, and it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. And so as I said, we're going to kind of walk through these verses, and what we kind of see out of this is like Paul who's writing this letter to this church in a place called Corinth, he's establishing, look, there's this thing called spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be unaware of them. I want you to know about them. And I want you to know that there's all kinds of different varieties and different gifts. Not everybody has the same gift and not everything is the same, but God is the same and God is the one who gives them and God is the one who chooses who he's going to give them to and for his own reasons why. And so for you and I, this means that he's equipped us in a special way to serve him. He's equipped us in a special way to to have a purpose in life. And not only has God now saved you from your sins, given you eternal life, brought you into his family, brought you into fellowship with his people, but he's also gifted you with a deep meaning that only you can have uniquely you, and so that should make you feel loved and special in God's eyes. And, but sometimes it's not something that just came automatically that you never had before. Sometimes it's a gift that's enhanced that you kind of, this is who you are. This is how you're wired. Maybe you're a musician and you grew up doing music and then you got saved and you were able to, to use it now for God's glory. And it's really blessed you and it's blessed other people, or maybe you're like me and you didn't have any talents or abilities at all when you grew up, and all of a sudden, God just gifted you with certain, certain giftings and abilities, like, uh, here's the weird thing about me, I have always hated reading, hated it. At school, when it was library time, I was getting comic books, I was getting picture books, uh, and, and actually, I still don't enjoy reading at all. But the funny thing is, is that I can't put the Bible down. I'm obsessed with it. When I read it, it's totally different than any other book. It's, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual thing that I can't not try to just delve into it. I want to know why this and why that. And so that's kind of one of the gifts, I believe, is a gift of knowledge or to attain some kind of biblical knowledge. And another thing is, is I used to be keep to myself and be kind of a quiet person, and now... I have this gift of like being extremely annoying to people and sharing the gospel everywhere I go, even when people don't want to hear it, but I'm not going to ascribe that to God. That's not his fault that I'm annoying. That's my fault, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, he does compel me to share his truth. I don't always follow it in the right way, but, but, these are. This is how kind of spiritual gifts works. Either it's something he's enhancing or it's something he gives you that you didn't already have. And so as you consider uh, what what might be your spiritual gift, you can ask yourself questions like, what is it that I enjoy doing or have have done my whole life or started doing. And now that I'm a Christian is starting to come more to the forefront of, of maybe I should be doing this more, or maybe I should try this. Or maybe people tell you you're good at that. But a couple of things I want you to understand about spiritual gifts is, 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 is that not everybody has all the gifts. Okay. Nobody's Superman. Nobody can fly and, and have all the gifts like Sp- Superman does. So there's no person that is just so much greater spiritually than all of us. And I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase before, but I, I, I kind of cringe when I hear it and I used to say it, but sometimes people will say, you know, elevate a pastor or leader or something and they'll just say, that, that person is so gifted, Don't you just, I just wish I could just be like them. They're just so gifted. And and, and then what happens is because we speak like that and think like that, we start to elevate people and think we can never do like great things like they could, you know, because something is so much special about them and not me. Uh, and that's where I want to tell you that not everybody's Superman with the spiritual gifts. They don't all have all the same, and not even one specific gift. There isn't a universal gift that. Everybody has. You see, God distributed, in, the, in this very chapter, in the few next chapters of First Corinthians talked about, like not everybody has the same thing. and we just read that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, and we'll go on to read that it's, He gives them to another person and another and another, and it's never always the same. And another thing is this: that spiritual gifts are not a, mas- a sign of maturity. And so you may have the gift of teaching, but you may not be a, a mature Christian. You know? so, so we're not gonna put you up here on stage to preach just because you have that gift. There's probably some maturity issues in your life. It doesn't mean just because a person is a, a gifted leader or, or gifted in another area, it doesn't mean that they're a super Christian and that, that they have something that you just, you just don't get to have. I mean, even in my own life, Um, with the Bible knowledge or being able to speak in a crowd or whatever, I could do that maybe many years before it was actually a good time for me to get up here, okay? Because I may have uh, not used it in a proper way, and we see that. We see people that have giftings that don't use them in ways that fully glorify God, and so that does not give you a sign of maturity just because you've been gifted with a certain specific spiritual gift, And I also want to say that just because you have a certain gift, don't let that distract you from growing in the areas that you need to grow, you know. But I also want you to know that if you are here and you're a Christian, you've placed your faith in Christ, you have a unique gift given to you by God. What's the reason for it, though? And I believe the next verse will kind of tell us that the gift is given to you to pass on to others. And here's what it says in, in, in 1 Corinthians, the next verse, verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So maybe you've heard it in Spider-Man. I didn't, I, apparently there's books and you can read Spider-Man and all that. But I watched a movie and it says, you know, with great power comes great. There you go. You guys are great. With great power comes great responsibility, so we've been given this gift. What do we do with it? What are we supposed to do with it? I don't believe it's all about making us have a large head and, and becoming proud because we have a certain gift that others may not have, and as, as a matter of fact, the background of this book, 1 uh, Corinthians, this church was kind of getting all out of whack, and, and they were they were failing in many areas, which a lot of churches do, including us. We're not a perfect church, but But Paul wrote this letter mainly for correction. It was mainly a correction letter to the Corinthian church to tell them, hey, you got some things a little weird going on here. Here's how to use it properly. Here's how to get things back into order biblically. And Paul does just that when he writes this letter. And so with spiritual gifts, God gives them so that we can help each other and use them in the proper way. And I believe that when God uh, gathers all the right people with all the different gifts that they have and they come together, they make the church work the way it was supposed to work. When everybody has their different thing and they're they're chipping in and doing things. And, and, and here at our church at Alpine, you guys know we have different serving teams and different volunteering options. And we have needs for people to teach. We have needs for people to have the, the gift of serving or of helps that can do the be- behind the scenes work that they don't always get the, the thanks that they're deserved, but they're, they're just so good at doing that. We need that here. We need people to be willing to, to teach our kids. And so God's gifts uh, fill roles like they're supposed to in the church. But if we all had the same gift, we would really be unbalanced, right? If everybody had the same gift, we would be lacking in other areas. And that's why God gathers together his people in church, in a local church, so that we can perform his mission that he has for us to the best of our ability. But with gifts, because I have a gift of, say, teaching or leading does not disqualify me from... Cleaning the bathroom, okay? I can't say that. That's not my gift. I just can't. I can't do it. I mean, somebody else was gifted to do that, and I don't want to take that from them. Sometimes I do say that, but I'm sarcastic. A little truth, a little not truth. (laughs) But we can't go around like, like, look at Jesus, for example. He he washed his disciples' feet, and he did that as a model for us. Now, Jesus wasn't the the world-class foot washer. I don't believe that that was like his huge purpose. But his purpose was to come and to serve, and to show us how to serve. And so, uh, God shows us that we should we should be willing to do the humble tasks, no matter where we're gifted, you know. And 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 also with gifting comes like. Sometimes God asks you to do things outside of your gifting or to teach you how to grow in your gifting by making it hard. Not everything should come easy. Not everything should be so natural that it's so easy, right? God places us in hard places and even hard relationships sometimes for us to grow. Think about it if you are married here today um, and think about your spouse, how your spouse maybe has different personality traits than you do. uh, but but in that relationship, God uses that to grow you in the areas of your weakness. And so, in mar- in my own marriage, my God has used my wife, whom some people joke around and say is the second Holy Spirit, who convicts you of what you're doing wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have grown so much though in that that relationship because because God gave me a person who would help me grow in that area. So things shouldn't always be easy, right? Jesus' mission on earth wasn't easy. He calls us to do things that are hard. And so sometimes people mix up this idea of gifting and it's like, you know what, that's just, it's not coming natural to me, so I'm not going to do it. But the question should always be, how can I use what God has given me for the better of his kingdom? How can I use it to help other people. And when we understand that, when we understand what it's used for and we understand, okay, how do I find out what my gift is? I believe you will find a lot of joy in that. Joy comes from knowing and using your gift, okay? Have you ever been at the wrong job? You know, you just felt like you were in this place where it wasn't going anywhere. You weren't happy. It wasn't a good fit for you. And maybe other people didn't see it that way. You had, you're making good money on a good trajectory. But, but for you, you just kind of just hated it. I used to be uh, a maintenance guy at this hundred year old flour mill. Okay. And uh, they, uh, maintenance guys are like highly, uh, tuned into detail. They, they they care about the little things. And, and that is not me. I am sorry. I hate paying attention to detail. And so naturally, I'd get in, you know, arguments and debates and, and, and talk about why are we doing this? This isn't important. Can't you just hit it with the sledgehammer and, and it be fixed, you know? And I wanted to get the job done as fast as I possibly could. That's just how I am. And so I wasn't very happy, you know, doing the little tedious tasks all the time. But eventually I moved into kind of a leadership role uh, where I could tell people to get it done as fast as you possibly could. And why aren't you just hitting it with a sledgehammer? That's what I would have done (laughs) to fix it. And and eventually I, I left that job completely to come be a pastor because I probably was annoying people all the time about sharing the gospel all the time. I was like, hey, you know what? we don't need to do that, that job today or fix that machine. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about the gospel. And then, you know, so it was better for me to end up leaving and coming here. And I, I say that jokingly, but kind of serious. I would spend, it was just a thing God was doing in me. I couldn't stop. I could not stop talking about God and wanting to disciple people. And and this is where it led me and, and I'm so much happier. But that doesn't mean that I'm asking all of you to go leave your job if you're not happy with it either, right? Remember, God asks us to do hard things. But I think spiritual gifts are somewhat of the same way. When you start to find out your niche, the thing that you are really called to do, the thing that God has for you and your purpose, it's like the sweet spot of life. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. It just means that you're in sync. Things are flowing, things are working, and you can do this. You have a special ability to endure through things that others may not be able to endure through, and I love it. I love that sweet spot of life. I want all of us to find that 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 gifting and kind of live in that, that, so with that being said, I want to talk about, I'm going to go through a list of some of the spiritual gifts. It's, there's a lot of them, and so, but the only ones that are in 1 Corinthians 12 are kind of some of the more miraculous gifts, as you can see, and I'm going to talk through those, but let's, and there's, there's some others I'll get to, the practical ones after that. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. So, as you can see, it's still kind of saying to one person, to another, uh, and to even another, and someone else. So, it's using all this language of uh, not everybody has all these same gifts, but he does it, distributes it accordingly to who it's going to be best used in. And it goes on to say, He gives one more person, one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. And like I said, these are kind of the more, the the sign, the miraculous gifts that uh, I'll be honest with you. There are churches that, Christian churches, who are brothers and sisters in Christ. They kind of debate over these things. It doesn't mean that they're not not believers or in the same fellowship, but some Christians put more emphasis on this, and some people put less emphasis on this, and some people believe certain things. And so uh, I'm just going to walk through uh, some of the the things that that we believe, that that I believe about this, and what other people believe about this. So so with wisdom and knowledge... um, they're kind of gifts of maybe counsel, right? It says wise advice. And so sometimes someone has a wise thing to say to you that's a godly thing. And it comes out in like a counseling type setting or maybe even a teaching setting or a one-on-one setting. Somebody has wise advice, but it's always gotta be biblical, right? Uh, And what goes with that is knowledge. Like I talked about earlier, sometimes people have specific knowledge of something that they need to share with you, right? Right out of the Bible, again, using that as the basis for everything, not some kind of new knowledge because cults started back, in, back 2,000 years ago called the Gnostics using this word in the Greek, gnosis, which means knowledge. So Sometimes people would say, we have this greater knowledge than you and you need to come into that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a word of knowledge based in God's word somebody has a, a really gift a, a gifted at that and then there's this gift of faith says gives people great faith have you ever known a person that was just they could always just they knew that God was going to come through they could point to God everybody else is worrying and that person was wasn't worrying cuz they had great faith and you were annoyed by them and you were like why don't I have that great faith that, that can carry me and, and help me persevere through some of these things? And so that's what we believe that that really means. And then there's the healing and, and miracles part of it which we do believe God does healing and miracles. We believe it. It's in the Bible. In the first, uh, the first century Christians, in the book of Acts, uh, we see that his people, the apostles, the disciples, they were, they were laying hands on people. They were performing miracles. People were being healed. But the purpose of it was not to gain money, right? Not like the televangelists that say, give us your money and we'll send you some snake oil or whatever. It's, it's more along the lines of let's glorify God and show unbelievers that there is a power that is available for them to see and know that, that, that he does miracles. And it's always to point back to God. Okay, people misuse this stuff all the time, and I want you to, and that's where discernment comes in, that idea of whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Another spirit is not a good spirit. (laughs) Any other spirit that is not from God is not good, and so so it's a discerning between evil and good. Maybe, Maybe you know someone, maybe it's you that people come up to you, come talk to you, and you just... You, you're, you're feeling like uncomfortable, you know that this isn't right, that something's going on uh, in this person's spiritual life, and you know that maybe there's, there's some underlying or hidden issues or an agenda that this person has that may be led by another spirit. And, and trust me, we need those type of people in the church to help us, right? Because not all of us have that. And people come in and, and they mess things up and they hurt things because we do have an enemy, that tries to stop the work of the church. Prophecy, another one that uh, the real meaning of the word in Greek, inspired utterance. It, it really means to, to, to be inspired by God to speak. And so prophets of the Old Testament, it wasn't always about telling the future. It was mostly about like, this is what the word of the Lord says, thus, this is the word of God and pointing people always back to God's word. And, and, and even now people try to, you know, make up prophecies that are not in the Bible. We need to be discerning about that type of stuff, but it's really being able to utter something that's inspired. Again, the Bible is the basis for that. Then there's tongues, unknown languages. Um, this is a topic that is highly debated among different Christians, right? And, and, But again, we see it in the Bible, so we should talk about it, right? We see it in the Bible that in the book of Acts, the first part of it, when these people receive this gift of of tongues, all the people around them hear them in their own native language. And so some people believe that what this is, is when people are talking and maybe they're on a mission trip or somewhere and somebody doesn't know uh, the native language, God gives you this supernatural ability to be able to share the gospel in a language that you don't even know how to speak, some people believe that that God doesn't use a lot of these sign uh, gifts for specific people anymore, that he still does them. Some people believe that there's a, a heavenly language that you can have, that you and God alone speak to each other in a language that's unknown on earth. But I, I share these things with you because they're in the Bible. We got to talk about them. And and I want you to go. I don't have enough time. It would take weeks, months, years to delve into uh, more theology on it, but I want you to go and search these things out for yourself. you know go read the Bible, go read what it says, go listen to some people as long as they 're not wacky. you know go listen to some people that are trusted about this stuff, okay, but God does amazing things, and these are some of the, uh, the some of the amazing things God does through his people now there 's some more practical there are four different areas in the Bible that lists the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. And then you've got Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. So if you can remember 12, 12, 4, 4, uh, all the gifts, even the practical gifts are listed in these four areas. They're not all in the same place, so you have to go around looking for them all. But and in, in some of these gifts are more of the normal appearing ones that you'll find frequently around the church, like I talked about, the gift of serving, working behind the scenes, the gift of giving, where again, like I said, it's not that just because we don't have a gift, we don't do it, right? I still serve, I still give. but some people are supernaturally provided for and gifted to be able to give the church, you know, 10, 20, or 30 or beyond percentage, large amounts of money to help the church fulfill its mission. Some people are just able to do that. Not everybody has that gift, but all of us are called to have mercy and helps and compassion. And, and, and if you know me, you you know, I took a spiritual gift survey a long time ago and the lowest one on there, I'm just going to be transparent was mercy and compassion, okay? And now that doesn't mean I shouldn't be showing it or growing in it, but it's the one thing that I'm not so good at. So I need a brother or sister to come alongside me as we're leading and I'll tell people what to do while the other person loves on them and shows compassion and mercy on them. No, just kidding. I will show mercy too and compassion. I need to grow in that area, right? But some people are supernaturally gifted with administration. And if that's you, please come see me right away because I'm not the, the detail guy, right? I need someone to kind of get us in line and order. And so again, you can see how these gifts, they, come to, to, they build the church up for God's glory, not our own. But when you find out what your gift is and how to use it and to be a part of something bigger than yourself, I believe you will find great joy in that, like I said earlier. And so as we close, I'm going to do something different today. We don't, I'm not going to close with the last song. Uh, I actually have uh, something fun for you to do. And if you want to pull out your phone um, and text GIFTS to 97000. Now, this is not an exhaustive spiritual survey. It will take you 30 seconds uh, and it may send you an email or something that you, you go respond to later. But um, if you text this, this will help uh, me or the leaders. If, if you answer some of these questions, it will help us to tell you where we think that you could get started or where where we think that you would be used for God's glory spiritually in the local church. So while you're doing that, I want to ask... Uh, because we're not going to do a last song, I want to ask some of my leaders that uh, are going to be standing over here by our kiosk area, and so we want you, the reason why we're cutting the last song out is to take this survey, but also to stick around, like if you've got kids and Kids Church, take a moment, you know, uh, take this time to go talk to one of our leaders over there that represents uh, all of our serving teams, and you probably received one of these when you came in today, and it has a list of all of our different serving teams at the church. And so maybe you're hearing this and you're like, maybe you're getting a little bit excited, you know? You're excited like, gosh, I've been stuck and I, I just don't know how to get involved and I, I, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. And and that's where one practical way I think if you want to find out what your purpose is or where you're gifted, the best way is just start. Just try something. I remember I started as a greeter many, many years ago and Again, one of my flaws is—is is I'm not the most cordial, inviting, welcoming, smiling person, and so uh, it didn't—it didn't work out for me. Even though I—I've become a better greeter, I hope. I don't know. You guys can judge me on that later. But I hopefully, it was something that I moved out of and went to something else. But I didn't stop serving. I just kind of moved around to different areas until I felt like. I was where I needed to be. And so if that's you, please, you can fill this out. You can drop it in the giving box. Um, You can take that survey. You can take this to one of our serving team leaders over to the side by the kiosk here you can get on your phone and go to our website and go to our Brigham City location and there's a button there that says join a serving team. And you can do it without talking to anybody if that's, that's what you wanna do. But I'm here to just kind of encourage you, not pressure you, not tell you that we're desperate, but to, mainly for, for you to get involved with something that maybe you haven't been involved with yet. Reach into a part of the Christian life that maybe you haven't started yet and see what God does. Okay. And, and so as I close, I just want to say, and if you're here and you haven't quite trusted in Jesus, I hope that this kind of excites you that it's not just about what's going to happen when I die, but it's about eternal life here and now that transforms you and changes you into a person you never thought you could be. If you want to trust in Jesus If you want to understand more about how what he did can make you right with God, please come forward. We want to talk with you. We want to pray with you about that. But would you guys pray with me? Father, we're just amazed. We're amazed at you today. We're amazed at how good of a gift giver you are. The greatest gift you gave us was salvation in your son. By trusting in him and him alone, can we be made right with you? I pray if there are people here today, God, that they would understand that by your spirit, that your spirit would enlighten them and challenge them and pull them and draw them to trust in Jesus. Maybe they don't know everything and that's okay. The most important thing is that message of gospel, the free gift of grace, love. But thank you for loving us continually that taking and molding us into the person that you want us to be. I pray for all the people here today that are filled with your spirit, God, that you would just cause them, just well up inside of them uh, a new hope and a a way to respond to you, to find out what your word says and do it. Let them kind of get out of their comfort zone, God, and go speak to someone today, build relationships. I pray, God, you would give them clarity on where you want them to be not where we want them to be, but where you want them to be. We pray for that. We pray that you would make it known to them and through all the avenues that you use by talking to people, by, by, by praying, God, I pray that they would use those. But let everybody be uh, just encouraged today that you are, are causing your church to be successful, to perform its mission in the world and they can be a part of it. I pray that that we would all understand that and want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you guys for being with us. If you want prayer, please come forward. If not, go talk to one of our leaders or fill out the survey, or if you're new, to the welcome table. Love you guys.